0: ChumbaCasino.com. Jumba. No purchase necessary. Over, limited by law. 18 plus, Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back inside to Alex Garrett Podcasting. And before I get to today's Saturday sit down with Cyril White of To Glory Be to God Sports, um, who you might have seen at the George Floyd Memorial, <clears throat> I wanted to do one little commentary here. I had, um, on Tuesday night, talked about preserving lives of newborn babies and the moms that had the baby. And I'm very passionate that we must preserve those lives. And I'm very passionate about ideas to save those lives. And so I, I cited Dr. Alan Lindemann as the only source because he had 6,000 babies born correctly, no mortality. He, he claims he did. But since then, there's been a little bit of a a clapback or um, backlash from one of my friends in college who is in the OBGYN community, and so I've decided to take down that episode because we're going to work on a better, more researched, double, triple-sourced show that will bring us to better ideas to reduce the mortality of women and pregnancy and after pregnancy and reduce stillbirths and and unfortunate issues at birth for children. There has to be a way. And so I'm going to try and incorporate all the ideas, work with my friend who's in the community and take it from there. So before, so I just want to say this podcast always committed to looking at different angles and, and this topic is no exception. And I'm sorry that I did do that on Tuesday night. It was a rush of emotion. I'm very passionate when I see these videos of babies in the arms of their moms or premature babies or babies that have passed on and the tears that flow. Because I want there to be a world where that can happen less. I don't believe we can end it entirely, but I believe we can reduce it to the best we can. And so that's why I'm going to work on that topic, strengthen it, and do better. Well, this is a very special Saturday sit-down. On Tuesday, the memorial for George Floyd took place in Houston, which was his hometown. And someone that stepped up to the mic was Mr. Cyril Wright, who runs this incredible sports academy. First of all, Cyril, thanks for joining us. So you had, you're you at To Glory Be to God Sports. And yes, to God,
1: to, God, to God Be the Glory. To God Be the Glory Sports, yes.
0: And so tell us about that. In and of itself, and tell us your experience with George from a sports standpoint, because you were very passionate on that day, as on Tuesday.
1: Well, you know, to God be to God be the glory. Sports has always been about uh, trying to encourage young men to have spiritual growth and grow in spiritual wisdom while they seek to, uh, you know, pursue their maximum potential in the area of sports. activities george floyd um was in the program george floyd was one of the first members of our ncaa exhibition tour team uh that tours around tours around the usa uh you know preparing college teams for their for their regular season games so that's how i came to know big floyd and uh you know, he was he spent a lot of time with us, and at the end of every practice, there's you know, devotion time that we spent, uh, you know, reading Bible scriptures and the proverbs, like I said at the funeral, reading the proverbs specifically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we do that with all the young men just so they can have some practical wisdom going forward in life. It's not so churchy, churchy, you know, it's <laughs> more you. like practical wisdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that and and so. <laughs> this was one thing that I have seen is how much grace the Floyd family has shown throughout. And you would say George was right up there as far as how graceful he was and the way he carried himself. Would you agree?
1: You know, I, that's, for as tough and tragic of a situation it was, I I certainly agree with you. The Floyd family has been extremely graceful. The lights have been on full blast uh, media coverage around the clock you know, and uh, ancillary involvement through all of the protests around the world. Um, I mean, it's been a tough situation, even even with me, you know. Sure. I'm not a family member, and I just felt how emotionally drained. I felt on Wednesday just so tired. So mm. It was like just a big letdown after the final burial, you know.
0: Right, and I've got to ask you, how were you... How did they come to you to say, hey, can you say a few words? What was your connection with the family itself um, leading up to all of the uh, the memorial?
1: Well, you know, uh, his nephew, Brandon Williams, Brandon Williams, we call him Lil Woo. So, okay. you know, uh, when everything happened, you know, you saw Brandon Williams, he spoke, you know, very eloquently at the service uh, that was in Minneapolis for three minutes. But, uh, you know, when it all happened, I called, you know, I got his number and I called and he answered the phone. He said, uh, he said, man, I haven't been I haven't been answering any phone numbers that I didn't know the number. It's like it's been crazy. People have been calling me so much. And he was like, Man, I got your number in the phone. I got your number in my phone for a reason. Mm-hmm. He was like, Man, Floyd was crazy about that team, you know. And even he always wanted me to keep up with you because Brandon Williams, Lil Wu, he was an athlete at all. Okay, so he played high level. He went to state with Jack Yates in basketball. Wow. So we're all bonded through sports, you know. You, you, I, I want, I, want as you, I didn't quite answer the question. I want to wrap it up with that. Sure. So they, so it's like, uh, hey, we know how much time Floyd spent. with, to God be the glory and. Uh, you were somewhat a pastor to him. You are a spiritual leader to him in that way. Sitting him down, advising him to, you know, partake in the scriptures, adopt this type of spiritual ideology. They're like, yeah, man, you got three minutes. You got three minutes to speak on that.
0: And obviously people watching were so moved and I'm just I'm moved that you want to join me tonight. Uh let me ask you this. So your your story and what you're planning on doing with the Memorial complex. We'll get into that in a second, but I've got to be honest. It's one of the most positive things that have come out of this because we've seen the pro, you know, the riots happen. We've seen all the negative coverage. And yet here you are going on the stage on Tuesday in the midst of all of this, giving really a positive message and a positive way to honor George. Why don't you talk about that?
1: Thank you to God be the glory. Um, you know, I always like to say I'm the, in, I'm the, uh, unquenchable optimist. And, you know, we have to find a way to turn this tragedy into triumph. Uh, I just, I really want to be a part of the solution, you know, as as a consultant, as a project management guy, would to God be the glory that has to always be responsible for some logistic or coming up with a plan or a solution. That's just what came to me. Like I need to be a part of that helps fix this problem. I just need to be, I need to do something. And I've been bridging the gap for so long for young men between the projects and impoverished communities and opportunities to be in college or opportunity. I've been bridging the gap in different ways for a long time. And so when they killed Floyd like this, when I saw them kill my man like that, Mm. more than the hatred and the anger and stuff, I just, cause I I I, I want to lead with love. How can I be a constructive way to fix this problem? And so I said, well, you know, I can try to bring people together through sports programs, the police departments, law enforcement, mixing them with with with, with groups. It, it, it's going to be some planning. Now it's not just. As simple as meeting at the complex and playing some games. It's got to have some conversations. Dialogue. Some preparation has to be had on both sides. Yeah, when we well, bring playing this thing together, when we got we, we, the cops against the hood, we mixing these teams. So mm-hmm. you can – yeah, go ahead.
0: Well, no, I think that's what's missing. Is there's not much talk about them mixing. There's more like we need to get rid of them entirely, and I don't think that's the answer either. Would you agree that that movement has just totally eradicated what um, the memory of George Floyd should be? Because that's really now taking the center stage from the actual incident itself.
1: What do you mean, as far as the defunding of the police department?
0: Because that became the new chant, and then it just—it still takes away from what Floyd's memory should have. You know, he should be remembered through all this, and it's just—they've turned it into something else now. I feel.
1: you know, I think. It's kind of a knee-jerk reaction in the the sense of what you're saying. I think the underlying sentiment is that they know that there needs to be some change, and they want to represent that they want to be quick about bringing about a change. Um, The talks talks today have been, and yesterday have been, that defunding may not be the correct verbiage to use to describe what's actually going to go on there. Uh, But again, the underlying sentiment is there that there needs to be change and that the change needs to come swiftly.
0: Cyril, you're you're very active now. You're going to start really building the dialogue between the cops and, you know, our communities. Do you think some people are afraid to do that entirely? Is that why? or, Or do you think there are more out there that we're not hearing from that do want that dialogue?
1: You know, I I had this conversation earlier trying to break down the percentage. I was like, you know, what percentage do you think really are just racist to the core? And, you know, what other do you think are maybe just not necessarily racist? They just don't really have a platform to interact with other ethnic groups, you know, because it's Mm. very easy for people to just socialize with people who are the same. Um, That's a hard question to answer, though, like, I really don't know. But what I do know is that in order for real change to come about, there has to be some uncomfortable conversations. People are going to have to get – it's just like when you're losing weight. Mm. That's an ugly transition when you're dropping those pounds. It's some painful Mm. moments. But, you know, or like birthing a baby. You know, people love the birth of the baby, but that mom was screaming and hollering in that delivery room. So, have to be some moments right now that you know everybody is going to have to be able to just take a look in the mirror and say, if I really want to, the least I can do is be humble and lay down my pride and have a conversation.
0: And and I, I, you know, here in New York, we've just repealed 50A, which would be allowing more research into who's. The complaint loads and the case loads and I think that's a huge issue now it's like why aren't we doing a better review of that right that's kind of a, a talking point that should be talked about more actually
1: about the what
0: about the you know case loads and reviewing complaints on certain cops I mean that's that's a story in and of itself so I'm sure you would say that's a huge step forward in this dialogue we, we want to have
1: yeah you know one thing uh I was talking to a respiratory, uh, a respiratory therapist in the case of George Floyd. Okay. And uh, you talk about caseload and you talk about, uh, you know, just the, the due diligence of the law enforcement agent. And, you know, she just brought up a point about the forensic matter about just to, to proving the intent that it was, should be first degree murder and not second degree murder based on her Practice as a respiratory respiratory uh, practitioner. Just some, and she was even willing to write a forensic report about this. And you know, this is this is an outside, independent, outside source. The, right. If you really want to and give uh, due uh, due respect to the family, especially in a case like George Floyd, yes, be yeah. honest about the autopsy. Don't say that the guy had hypertension. There's a lot of people walking around with hypertension right now. They just don't right. have a knee on their neck, so they can still breathe. That's you still know?
0: true. Yeah. No, this is – you're right. And, by the way, I was I was saying Minnesota shouldn't look at their own report. They need to look at the independent report that actually the family had organized, right? They got the independent examiner organize, organized, <laughs> and look what it showed, you know?
1: I knew it was going to be fishy from the start. You know, it's interesting – um you know what's so interesting is how no the protection of the police officers for something that everyone else in the world sees as murder what's interesting is the degree that uh that that the the government is going to protect these gentlemen um, who sent, the only difference between them and a the civilian is the uniform that they wear every day. And right. it's amazing that that one, you now here let's talk about, let's talk about uniform. Give me a second to talk about uniform, uniform. There are many different uniforms. UPS guy wears a uniform, mm-hmm. right? they guy got to drive. they got drive for fairness, He wears a uniform. LeBron James, he wears a uniform, right? Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson, he wears a uniform. Mm-hmm. No other uniform can protect you from murder charges mm-hmm. the way a police uniform can.
0: So true. Hey, Sarah, so this is um this is important. And and you mentioned the first degree versus second degree. I heard that if it's a first degree, he gets off easier or something. I don't know, but they need to keep it at second degree for true justice, right?
1: Who I don't know if I can just say right to that. I don't know. Like I said, uh you know, they got Ben Crump. They got some very smart attorneys that's going to not leave any t- any stone unturned. And they're going to cross every T and dot every I. And so I know that they want to get full justice for the family. And, you know, not only, listen, not only because George Floyd deserves it and all the other innocent mm-hmm. people who were wrongfully murdered, they all deserve it. But also just, you know, the world is watching. And I think Ben Crump, as an attorney on this world stage, he wants to show his competence he wants to show how good of a lawyer he is right now too you know so he's not going to let him off the hook
0: well let's let's pray not now at tb to to glory be to god sports have you ever had uh you know incidents with police within the community or how has that interaction been with the sports complex and and cops
1: i i, I mean I haven't had any conflict with the police as far as well, to God be the glory sports. I mean, everything has been smooth. I'm very thankful. Uh, I you know, I can only think of, you know, I, I had a personal incident where, uh, you know, I got – I was on the side of the road. I, just, I was actually parked on the side of the road texting, and some cops pulled up on me and told me that – they pulled up on me and came and uh, uh, pulled out guns and ran up on my car with guns and said, hey – what are you doing here? This is a high-drug area. I was I was in front of a park. I was parked in front of a basketball court. You know, I just got through playing golf. I'm sitting there in a golf sweater, and, you know, they took me out of the car, handcuffed me, digging in my pockets. they pulling out golf tees and stuff like that. And, you know, telling me, hey, man, well, you know, they, they got the pistol on me. They got the guns on me. Mm. I'm just and I'm like, what? It's like They searched my car. Oh, man, you're in a high-drug area. What you doing over here? Who you know over here? man, I live in Houston. I know everywhere. I, I got the right to be where I want to be. I'm driving, what? like? Mm. So
0: well, that's And so with with what you're doing, how would you approach the cops now? Like, how are you hoping to get that dialogue going? And what would you say to them in, in Houston and other police force around the country? What would you say to them? Well, you, you know, watched? the
1: good thing that, you know, I'm very thankful to, to have the relationships I do in the city, to know people in city council, right. To have uh, you know, somewhat of a relationship with the mayor here mm-hmm. and just, uh, you know, my, my position as a businessman, I know some people where I can be, I can be heard in a different way. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing. I want just to be the bridge to, be a voice for the voiceless, those in the projects, those who aren't in, in a position to articulate mm. their concerns. So I'm the guy that's going to go forward and, and, and fill these gaps. And, you know, I, I just know that this is something that will honor Floyd's memory because I've got to loosen up these people. Yeah. And like, I told you, like I said earlier, it's going to be a process. It's going to be a process. So the whole while we working on, uh, on Raise and of Floyd. Uh, the whole while we're doing that, we're gonna start this stuff, this this prep process with the police departments, and start getting that that part of the dialogue going about how are we when we do the ribbon cutting and the grand opening at this place, what is gonna be the program that we kick off that we can say this is gonna be the first thing that we're doing that bring the the, the police department and these these areas together, mm. and, you know. But that's the path we are.
0: Did Floyd come back to Houston often? And did you see? You saw him as he got into adulthood. Like you'd see him, and did he ever? How often did he come visit? Once, once out of the program.
1: You know, I'm in China, so you know, I'm always in China. So I'm in and out of the country myself. So there's a big summer league in Houston. Uh, the the pro am. It goes like in uh, June, July, and August. Everybody goes because a bunch of NBA players come in and mm-hmm. play. Everybody going on. that's the hangout. Every you know, every every now and then, every summer or so, I catch him down. He come back and being, you know, hanging with his boys and I catch him down at the gym and you know, that'd be that's our awesome. catch up time. Or I might catch I might catch a player on the phone with him. I'm like, hey, man, I got big Floyd on good Hey Floyd, what's going on, man? You know, in that way. So I I worked with so many guys. We grew over the years, but just a big family
0: to me. Well, this is – um, that's great. And and is there a memorial right now – like, is there any uniform of his that was hanging in the gym prior to this? Like, did you guys honor him before, while he was a student or after he became – he left?
1: Actually, like I said, since he was on the very first uh, NCAA exhibition team, he was on the first team, that picture has been hanging in the gym at the church where we used to practice since that time since mm. it's never come down so uh when a- when ABC news came over the first day, I mean we took him right to the photo. It was hanging on the wall there you know for, mm. for all the guys so you know and that, that's that's what's him. thinking about that like what will we do um you know since so just some of you know I definitely want to have a jersey for him inside of the gym um you know, how we'll do the football field for for the question number eight like kobe
0: okay wow number wow. eight number eight like
1: kobe yep what you, you know
0: that that tragedy when he, off- played,
1: when he played tight end he played tight end in high school he was number eighty eight and you know with me being in China all the time, you know china the good luck numbers eight. You know that, right? I think
0: so, but you just reminded me, so thank you for that. That's interesting. The
1: the number, the good, because it's like two circles. Yeah.
0: Well, let's say, so would you say in the number itself, like from the number to his affect, to his being, he was very intentional what he wanted to do to make life good for himself, right? I mean, he was very intentional in his life.
1: You know, I just say Floyd had a very good heart, man, that the heart was good. That's what I mean. Like, to me, his legacy is. To me, his legacy is seeing me in 1998 at age 23, when I I I set out to start my exhibition team. That means I'm picking up my players. I'm calling the coaches. I'm setting the contracts. I have to produce a team yes. that's good enough that a college coach will say, "Okay, we'll play you." Right. Mm-hmm. He was willing to say, all right, see, I'm down with you, man. I'll be there. I got you, bro. Because he he was my biggest guy. Mm -hmm. So when I talked to the coach, like, who you got? I got big George Floyd. You got Floyd? Okay, we got you. You can play. Come on, come on. So, like, he added value to the product I was presenting. (laughs) Then, Mm -hmm. and then, then, not only that, see, Man, I know this other guy playing this league. I'm trying to get him to come practice with us. You know, he, man, he can do this. He can do this. He bringing other guys over so they can come get involved. Like I said, some of those guys got scholarships to college. Some of those guys went to China play on tour with me. I saw one guy today at the voting drive. He said, man, you say my, my career. He said, man, I went to China with you. He said, after that, my whole career for the next three years.
0: Look at that. Hey, you know, I know you, you and so I are I, familiar, connect on LinkedIn, Jason Curry. I, I love the guy. What What is your experience with him?
1: I don't, I just know he's working in the journalism industry. I don't really know him that well. We just uh, connected on LinkedIn because of our mutual interest in, in sports.
0: Cause he was actually NBA coach, something with the Knicks coach coaches. Right. NBA, yeah. Of junior programs. coach of
1: the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. yep.
0: mm-hmm. So we have that and I've known him through Queens college as well. Um, so I know this big thing is going to be coming up and you have a very unique way to do it. So what can people do to help you with this memorial fund and with this memorial uh, complex?
1: I appreciate that. You know, I, you know, I've already built a sports complex in Houston before. So that's why this is nothing new. I've already done this. I got a piece of real estate in 2004. Mm-hmm. I put a two and a half million dollar complex on it. It's still, of course, it's still there. It operates at the church and sports complex right now. So with this, with this, I got some property. You got the land. You can go to tgbtgsports.com and you can make a donation to the construction of the vertical improvements. I also want people that not just making cash donations, but I want people to submit some partnership proposals to me. People that wanna say, hey, Steve White, we wanna do this. We wanna say, we wanna do this for the football field and give you this for maintenance. Because this is, not, this is something I want the world to participate in sustaining and to God be the glory. We just managed the project. This is not something that I'm looking to have any strain in doing. Because the benefit of this place is the benefit of humanity. So TGBTGSports.com, dot com. That's the website. You can go there, find out about George Floyd, what he did with us, all of our other programming, and wonderful things we do. And that's one way you can get down and support us. I appreciate you asking that.
0: So, are you connected? You mentioned the mayor of Houston. Are you connected with Gov Abbott? Has he been supportive of what you're doing as well?
1: I have not met the governor Abbott. Um, I just. I've known uh, Mayor Sylvester Turner since 2002, um, just from other business. And, you know, he was always involved in the Houston business and political scene prior to becoming the mayor. So I met him very young in my quest um, in business in Houston. So that's how I've known him for quite a while.
0: Do you think when they were protesting in, in honor of George, I, I also felt the story of him and the way he was coming back in his life was really hidden. You really had to find that. So. Did you wish that more people knew who he was while they were protest, you know, chanting his name?
1: This is why I'm so adamant about uh, going on a podcast like this and speaking to whoever wants to hear about the humanity of George Floyd. That I did spend my college summers with him. As I said at the funeral, I did go pick him up, and we go basketball court to basketball court. And you know, putting our coins together, buying Gatorade, and you know, splitting three-piece chicken wings together, you know. I did do this with Floyd, you know, and we did go around. So people just don't just see this guy with his knee on his neck. People don't understand, like, okay, Cyril White, to God be the glory sports. Look him up. Google Cyril White. Look at everything that comes up with China. Everywhere I've been in China, my whole career in China. All that derived from the first year with George Floyd. That was the foundational year with all this touring stuff I'm doing now. So yeah. it's just hard for me to push that out when I understand where it all comes from. You know, I can't just push that out. like I Oh, everybody that, listen, everybody that's in that 1998 picture with George Floyd, all them guys, it means something to me, man.
0: Man, it's amazing that you talk about 98 because that was Jordan's last dance. And I feel like there's all of a sudden a connection to what he did, to what you guys were doing.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. He was definitely leaving basketball to start a new chapter of his life. And we were certain, I was certainly starting a new chapter of mine uh, because I had no idea that it would lead to this whole China thing. And, everything that China has been for to God be the glory sports. I had no idea. I was just, I was just doing the next thing in front of me.
0: When, when you go over there with these guys, what's the reaction like in China when you go over and take your team over there to play?
1: Oh man, they love us, you know, with the American rock star basketball team. And usually when I come into China, we're playing against a Chinese, some Chinese pro team, and they may fly over another pro team from Poland or Russia or just uh, what Cuba. They'll fly over another team and have them touring around with us, playing, you know, city to city. And the fans are just rabid. Every game mm-hmm. sold out.
0: I've got to ask them because in your area, you had a GM of the Rockets tweet against them, and they got pretty mad, and the NBA did too. So. You're you're dealing with China a different way. You see this rockets guy tweet this. What was your thought? Do you think they have a right to voice their displeasure? Still, everybody's got
1: a right to voice their displeasure, right? Um, everybody's got a right to, but you you don't know, you don't necessarily have a say. So as mm. to what happens once you say something, you know, and it's just best to exercise wisdom and discretion, you know, at all times. You you can say what you want to say whenever you want to say it, right? Right. Um, I got to ask you, know, and here, here's what's interesting. I was flying on the plane to China at the time when Maury did this. So I was I was about to land in Shanghai to get ready to go to the VIP reception with the it was the Lakers and the Nets. Okay. And um, by the time the plane the plane landed in Shanghai, the guy hit me. He was like, "They canceled the reception tonight. There is no reception because of Maury's tweets." I'm like, "What?" So the driver gets me, we're going to the hotel, I'm seeing workers around Shanghai just tearing down the NBA billboards off the sign of, uh, they're taking down all the billboards and everything around. So by the time I get to the hotel, everybody's just like in this purgatory, like, are we even going to play the
0: game tomorrow? It was a big mess, man. COVID-19, were you in China at all during those scares or were you home here in Houston?
1: What well, I got right out. I was over on a project dealing with some factories. You know, I do different sourcing projects, and I was trying to get this prototype finished. I got back to my spot. They started talking about it. Hmm. They said somebody died. I said, "When is the next flight home?"
0: Hmm. And you took. I it got
1: obviously. out of there, so it was a lot of. There was a lot of players that were still there though, you hear me? Because mm. basketball leagues going on, tournaments going on. I'm like, hey guys, we might have to seek higher ground and like see why I can't leave this money table. Like it's not worth dying over. I'm out. Mm. So by the time I got home, they start restricting flights. And you know, one guy, he he got the last domestic flight they let out of there direct to go to the USA. Wow.
0: Did you ever, no one, I mean, no one expected it, but how crazy. We we were actually having a calm during COVID. Then this a-hole cop kneels uh, Floyd to death and it becomes another crisis. But um, it was rather peaceful till then. It's just just unbelievable how things change, right, in a minute.
1: You know, I think it was off for a reason. I definitely think my brother George Floyd, I think he was definitely sacrificed for the good of humanity. I think he was just taken out. And, you know, it's not, he, listen, he was innocent mm-hmm. of anything that warranted, warranted him death at that moment. And he represents the innocence of humanity. If anyone submits themselves to people who are sworn to protect and serve you and they end up getting killed, that's what he represents. That's what Floyd represents. And that's why people are so upset and so angry and so dismissive of anything that someone would try to say against his character or the person he was. Because you just can't do that to anybody, right. you know? And we got you continue to carry the positive. I'm so thrilled to see that so many people are disgusted by that action, man. That gives me so much hope that there's a chance for us to really come together because so many people are just saying, no, that's just not right.
0: No, it's not. And I was just thinking about this. As we're doing this Zoom, we've got the NBA doing a Zoom about how they're going to have their message. So I'm interested to see what they do. Are you involved with any NBA guys? Like, have you coached any of them? Have they come to the center for different things? You know, I have
1: a network of friends. I know pretty much guys on. Most of the teams, if they're not doing something athletically, mm-hmm. as far as training at all, may have some private business venture going. But yeah, definitely, to God be the glory is is involved for NBA players.
0: Cyril, I don't know. if you have been interviewed by the mainstream media? Have you at all, or have they have you had any interaction with them?
1: Um, I mean, you know, I've been featured in the Wall Street Journal back in uh 2013 and uh i've been in the new york times a few times i mean i've i've, I've done my rounds i've been doing to god be the glory sports for a long time so you know i'm here to do my thing and keep my head down but again i won't i won't shy away when some light is shining this way
0: because i feel like we shouldn't be concerned about what's going on in seattle we shouldn't be concerned about the rioters. We need to have a bigger focus. And I think you, you get that. And you're channeling that bigger focus. Why aren't others following suit? Like why can't the media cover something that you're doing to a better level than, the, than they could?
1: You know what? I said that today. I was like, you know, I really need, I really need uh 10 minutes on CNN. If you look on the George Floyd link, that's on TGBTGSports.com. I have all of the different media interviews that I've done the past couple of weeks in regards to that. And the different media outlets, they range from different places, right? And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I do think that to God be the glory, it needs more exposure. And uh, just to more, I know I'm doing my thing at the level where I am. And that's what I'm saying. I'm going to continue to make an impact where I am. I'm going to continue to make a ripple. The more people come and join and, and, and accept the ideology and the way we want to operate, the more pockets of the, of the country that we can affect.
0: These influential movements, Blackout Tuesday, are they really helping? Or are they just sort of showing people as sort of a bandwagon or we get what you're going through, but we really don't. I mean, we can't go know what, you got, what, what goes through in those situations um, daily.
1: I appreciate, I appreciate that question. I appreciate that. Um, I'm about that action, man. I'm about that action. I'm about that, I'm about that action. Like, you know, I don't need to change my picture to, I mean, I'm not saying anything against that. So if anybody's listening, I'm not trying to offend you or tell you what not to do. what I'm saying is, I went out and I got three acres of land to build a George Floyd sports complex. that That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to change my picture. I'm going to go figure out what can I do and put some boots on the ground and actually do something. Now I get it. You know, people want to show that they binding together. But again, I'm about that action. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm going to get out in the field and I'm going to go out and actually do something. So you know, more power to you if that's what you want to do to show solidarity. I'm not against it, but I'm just a little bit more proactive than that.
0: Yeah, and you're you're on this podcast, which is proof in the pudding that you're able to get out. You want to get out there and you want to spread this message you have. And I want to turn down the $20 because when you told me this in LinkedIn, I was very moved by what you want to do with the symbolic $20 that I don't even think should be leading to someone's death. I don't think that even the guy should have called the cops on him. I don't know. It just... In this time of fragility, why do that to begin with?
1: That's a great question. I was almost like a death sentence in itself to make that call. Um, you know, yeah, but, you know, the $20 for big boy, you know, there are a lot of people that just want to do something. I know everyone's not a big corporation. Everyone doesn't have, you know, all earmarked like these corporations are shelling out right now um, and people have been hit hard financially by COVID. I get that too. Um, but we wanted everybody, all the new donors who just who are just learning about to God be the glory sports, but you want to be involved with this George Floyd thing. Just donate $20 for big Floyd donate $20 for big Floyd just to symbolize everybody's got $20 to blow and $20 is not a big deal and it's certainly not worth a man's life so you know that if you know if you can do more do more but I understand the times that we're in a lot of people are trying to recover if you want to just be connected to the project just give $20 to big for big Floyd, tgbtgsports.com
0: have you connected with anybody in New York uh, I know I'm in New York but have you connected with anybody else in New York to talk about this and to partner with
1: I've had a few calls from New York actually I was talking to a gentleman earlier today uh who wants to connect me to his pastor and then I also got a call from uh, a couple of people in mm-hmm. new york um from the basketball community that saw me speak and, and was wanting to know more about uh getting involved with the basketball program mm-hmm. yeah. and
0: i love I've you. gotten calls from
1: all over, yeah
0: I love that because I I've been involved with the New York college basketball thing with Queens college. I, I went to like when they were at the garden. So, I mean, we've got a community at Queens college in and of itself that's totally in love with the basketball and they, they do what they kind of support. And I love that. So it's good that you're, you're getting connects right, up here. Right. Uh, I don't know. I just, this conversation can go on forever because there's so much to unpack. Right. I mean, this isn't just a one-time combo. It's a continued conversation.
1: You know, it's not going to happen overnight. We didn't get to this point overnight. I'm um, very realistic about the goals that I can achieve, and I'm very, uh, you know, calculated about the timeline in which they can be achieved on. One of my favorite coaches growing up, he had something he used to say to me, quick but don't hurry, as fast as possible but never in a rush. Mm. That's to God be the glory way right there. That's to God be the glory way.
0: Thank God you have been able to do this. You haven't had your place, you know, looted or however you want to say, but for those owner business owners who have had those issues, what is your message to them that they can rebound from this? Well, you
1: know, the first thing is I hope you had good insurance. This will give you a wonderful opportunity to use insurance that we never get to use. And, uh, don't let the insurance companies duck you. And if you have problems with that, you need to call to the God, be the Glory, Sports too, because my office is inside of a law firm, and we won't let you get ducked by the insurance companies. The riots, the riots, and the, yeah, the riots and the looting. Like I said, George was six foot seven, two hundred thirty pounds, big guy. He had a whole lot of opportunities to go around breaking out glass and vandalizing property if that's what he wanted his legacy to be because he was a big guy he didn't do that that's not how we lived his life so that does not represent him and also he had several opportunities to resist that arrest on the day he was murdered if he really wanted to resist an arrest he didn't even go down swinging and fighting he went down as a man of peace but just because he went down a man of peace does not mean that he don't want justice and that he doesn't deserve justice. It doesn't mean that he thought his life was worthless to right. just give up his own life. He was trying to be compliant. He was. With people who were supposed to pr- protect and serve him and not murder him callously for the world to see. Let me say this. Let me say this, too. I don't like to ramble much especially, you know, I like, you know, I like dialogue. Uh, my friends around the world, good brother, my friends mm. are asking me, what is going on with the USA cops, Cyril? Is it safe for me to come from China mm. to America to visit? Do cops treat all people who aren't white like this? I'm getting some crazy questions because the
0: world is watching right now. Yeah. Yep, they really are. And by the way, I don't know if you want to react, but Minneapolis just voted to, the city council voted to disband the entire police department, and I know they had a lot of questions. Uh, Could we be seeing that moving forward?
1: That's tough. Like I said, you know, I know that we need change. I know that change needs to come. I know that something different has to happen, but, uh, you know, they got a lot of smart people in the room. They really need to make a wise decision and be sure that whatever the alternative is, is better than what they're doing right now. And, uh, you know, listen, this is a very knee jerky, very volatile situation. People just want somebody to act right now, do something, do something. But you got to be sure you're doing the right thing. And I'm just, I'm just not so sure. I'm not so sure.
0: You know, this, this really impacted America, the, the way he was killed. And I would say the way because it seems like America didn't flinch when Eric Garner was choked to death and thrown on the ground. That wasn't garnering enough of a reaction. And yet it looked pretty violent in and of itself. And here in New York, you hear, I can't breathe. You think of that moment in Staten Island.
1: Right. Right. Absolutely. It was like a repeat thing. And uh, like I said, Tom, I was like, you know, we are just branding. We're brand ambassadors for our death. Like this whole Mm -hmm. I Can't Breathe, then you go, you know, you you get killed and murdered in the street, and then people go make a million dollars off of I Can't Breathe campaign. Like, damn, I got killed off of this. You're going to go commercialize my tragedy, commercialize my horror? It's just pitiful, you know? And then the way the media can run with it, well, yeah, Eric Garner said it, and now George Floyd said it. I mean, two black guys. They both said, "I can't breathe." Like it's just like almost like it get a media story. Like right? mm-hmm. we know we're gonna get a bunch of mad black people watching the story, you know, and yeah. then we're gonna also get a bunch of people to buy these shirts to say, "I can't breathe," because they think people are gonna read the shirt and actually give it down.
0: A, damn. a shirt gonna, is
1: not gonna make people give it down, man.
0: I was just gonna ask you that. Do you think the the sympathy and sort of the empathy that is coming from white people in America, do you think, not that it's fake, but that it's like, why weren't you here with us earlier type of thing?
1: I am not about this black, white race division at all. I don't even, Good. you know, yeah, you listen to me. Yes, I do see color, but it don't matter to me. I see it because I love, I lead with love and I have a lot of great people in my life from all backgrounds, Mm -hmm. walks of life and did business deals. I got relationships. Hey man, I'm cool with all kinds of people. And I also know that, you know, just because white people or certain people don't interact with black people all the time, that just don't make them racist or ball-faced racist. They just may not have the platform, like I'm saying, the opportunity to connect and socialize because of where their worlds operate, Right, you know? All I'm trying to do is be a part of this, bringing some people together. That's it. Like, because I know some of these white people and other nationalities that's coming out because Floyd was murdered, it's not like they just coming out the woodworks. It's like, you know, people people deal with the issues that's important to their life, man. Right. If I live in the suburbs, if I live in the suburbs, and I got a job, and kids, and my, this is my life circle, and I'm not affected by black-on-black crime every day, that don't mean I don't like black people. That just means I'm not in that every day. Right. Why do I need to go stick my nose in that? That's not my life. But now when George Floyd got killed like that, that became everybody's life all at once, like, because again, he represented the innocence of a person sure. that submits themselves to law enforcement, and that could be anybody. Do you wish, at the end of the day, someone did step in, or do you understand? I do, I do, man. I, I can't, I can't stop thinking about that. Like, I cannot stop thinking that. Like, it's always the what ifs. <sighs> man, like, that's that's it. Like, somebody just, just, just. Just somebody, y'all, just say something. You know, like I hate to say it like this. People will say, "Oh, this guy." See, I know this Cyril White was racist. I knew he. was. I knew this guy's trying to. But listen, if it was one white woman around there that just said, "Hey, knock it off," it would have got knocked off, man. You understand? And you know, I'm not. You know, I'm not saying anything that's not
0: true. I got you. Yeah, I got. And and you say that because Amy Cooper just literally that same day had out had caused outrage when she threatened to call the cops on a guy in Central Park. I mean, it was just so strange how those two events were on the same day publicized. It was I, I don't know the synchronicity there, but there's something. And what would you, you know, a lot of protesters scream and yell and here you are, you're pretty calm. Um, you know, talking about this and wanting to find solutions. How can we calm people that are just ready to, to, you know, light a tinderbox, so to speak, and, and burn the place down because of this?
1: I think, I think it really has a lot to do with people's natural temperament. I have a temperament towards uh, being rational and, and being, like I said, solution oriented is just kind of the way I'm wired, uh, you know, I'm not to scream and the holler. Like, I, I heard a phrase somewhere that revolutionized my thinking. It says, don't raise your voice, improve your argument. Mm. And that really got me to think about just that. Like, the better uh, prepared your presentation and approach and strategy is, the more effective that you're going to be. All the screaming and hollering and stuff like that, I get it. I do want to say his name, George Floyd. Say his name. George, George Floyd. Floyd. Yes. I wanna say his name, George Floyd. I people need to keep that in their mind. I do get that. But we gotta have some paperwork behind the chance. We gotta have yeah. something, some things moving behind the chance. Get something signed, get something in place, get something going. Or if not, it's just gonna be silence once the chance are over. And I'm trying to make some noise, baby, some real noise.
0: Cyril, are you, are you surprised that we didn't forget about George Floyd's death two days later? Because I find in a lot of these other incidences, it's like the media covers it for a few days and we all forget about it until, some, you know, at the end of the day, this is like, it's sticking. Maybe this is finally a good thing that it's sticking for people everywhere.
1: Unforgettable. Some well, who was the singer, old school or unforgettable? Ella Fitzgerald,
0: was it? That's what that
1: was. Yeah, my grandfather used to sing that. Unforgettable. Oh,
0: sorry. No, that was um Cole. I forget her name. That, really that
1: Cole. Cole, that, that, that's what this is. Yeah, I think that's it, who that, yeah. Unforgettable. It just just is just as unforgettable as that song is this incident. Unforgettable. Hmm. You can't forget this, and it's almost like America. Can't be in a what's next mode. America has to be in a no more mode. Not what's next, but no more. And that's what we are right now. Like after that, mm-hmm. it can be no more. It can be no more. You know. And and like I said, I'm gonna do everything I can to honor George Floyd. And um, it's just really rep. It's, it, it, it's just really repurposed a lot of things. You know, mm. for me and to God be the glory. Because as I said earlier in the show, I've always been building a bridge for guys for what I do from college to the, I've always been a bridge builder. And now it's just a different type of bridge.
0: I've got to ask you this, the BLM movement, the All Lives Matter movement, what's your stance on that? If you don't mind me asking.
1: I think the importance of human life should not be reduced to slogan or chant. Mm. I think it should not be reduced to slogan or chant. I think that they are both equally divisive, however well-meaning they may be intended. Because you and I can both agree that neither one of those slogans is uniting people. Correct?
0: That is very correct.
1: That's how I feel about it. It should not be reduced to slogan.
0: Mm. On that note, can you lead us out with a prayer? Because it sounds like you do have some pastoral background as well. So can you, can you lead us out with a prayer on this, on this day?
1: Thank you, man. I will pray for us. Thank you. God, thank you for this time tonight. Thank you for the opportunity to be on this podcast. And just for the listeners tonight, I hope that something went out that was beneficial, something that was constructive and something that was positive. I pray that the memory of George Floyd will be blessed throughout the world, that that tragedy would be turned to triumph and that everyone father, around the world will be changed and motivated to be better, do better and love better because of it. Thank you for all good things in your son's name. Amen.
0: Amen. All right. I'm feeling rejuvenated. I think um, we are turning a corner and we're going to have a better energy out there. So let's let's work on it.
1: I appreciate it, man. And be sure to send your viewers, uh, your listeners to TGBTGSports.com. Support the George Floyd Project. And thanks again for having me on.
0: That was Cyril White of TGBTGSports.com. And to to God be the glory over and over again. So we will talk to you soon, Cyril. Come back, will you? Thank you. Thank you. I'm Alex Garrett. We'll talk to you soon.